Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Racetech. Racetech gold valves, pretty much a revalve in a box. You can mention Big MX Radio and save some money with Racetech every time you shop. Get your suspension done, get your engine modified, and save some money with Racetech when you mention Big MX Radio. You can also save 10% on Luxon MX by entering the discount code BIGMX at checkout when you get yourself a brand new set of triple clamps or any of their other hard parts that they produce. This episode is also brought to you by Guts Racing. Andy Gregg over at Guts Racing, amazing guy, and he makes unbelievable product. The seat bases, the seat foam, the seat covers, they're unreal. And you can save some money with Big MX20 at checkout. In fact, you can save 20% off your purchase. Go get yourself a couple of seat covers. You know you probably need a couple going into this brand new season. You're going to be riding more than you ever have. So make sure that you're out there with a brand new set of seat covers from Guts Racing and enter discount code Big MX Training. Wow. Big MX20 to save some money. Also on board with us, WUSA, John Anderson, Christian Anderson over at WUSA. Amazing people. They are honestly so great to work with, and you're really going to enjoy working with them when you order your brand new set of wheels. Honestly, they make some of the lightest and strongest sets of wheels in North America. They use the most top-notch components, and you can also honestly just buy the components themselves as well. You can buy spoke kits. You can buy rims. You can even buy hubs from them. Um, so, And you can also save some money when you mention Big MX Radio when shopping with those guys. So uh, go ahead and do that, and uh, yeah, get yourself a brand new set of wheels because Lord knows the wheels that are on your bike are probably pretty oblong and egg-shaped, similar to the ones that are on my bike. So you and I both have that in common. We need to work. We need to call up WSA and uh, get that all figured out. Also on board with us is Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Heartbeat Hot Sauce is available on Amazon as well as their website, heartbeathotsauce.com. And honestly, I love the product. Like I've been using it pretty much every day, whether I'm like putting it in some eggs for breakfast or I actually use it as, as a part of my meal prep this evening, some chicken thighs with mixed vegetables and quinoa. And I put, uh, honestly, I put three different hot sauces on each one. I have some hot sauce and peanut butter in the quinoa. And uh, I've added some hot sauce to the veggies before they went in the oven. And then uh, the I topped off the chicken with a completely different, I, with the uh, the red habanero, which isn't really super hot. It's actually more sweet than it is hot. Uh, but I really enjoy it. I think you guys will as well. All right, let's get to the show here. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. And we actually don't have anybody on the line. We're just going to talk a little bit about what we saw this last weekend in Arlington, Texas, otherwise known as the Dallas Supercross. Of course, the Cowboys don't play in Dallas. They play in Arlington just because of the location of the stadium. But I thought after a triple crown, it might be a good idea to unpack a few of these things and talk about some of the leading storylines coming out of the weekend. First off, we need to talk about a few of the notables who didn't end up making the main event straight through the LCQ, uh, and like or through qualifying or the LCQ. The only real drawback, if you're a fan of the sport, watching the Triple Crowns, is you don't really get to see the like additional riders that you wouldn't know you would have otherwise gotten an opportunity to see if if it was just a regular 40 man night show. Uh, guys like Hayden Braswell, guys like Devin Simonson, 
uh, Zach Williams, Quinn Amiot, um, even Cheyenne Harmon, who is a, a Texas local. They didn't end up getting it into the main event. Uh, or the entire night show because they didn't qualify fast enough in throughout that time period uh, during the qualifying. And then they also finished outside the top four during the LCQ. So uh, I just wanted to give a few of those guys a little bit of a shout out. Obviously, uh, Jack Chambers is a guy who has been a fantasy killer for the last few weeks, but I hope that you wasn't on your team because um, there should have been no reason why anybody didn't have uh, a full gate uh, on either Pulpamex Fantasy or if you're playing MX360 with me, Denny, and Checkers. Uh, it should have been really easy to have all the guys in the main events because we knew exactly who was going in about two hours before lockout. I, uh, for those wondering, I did stay alive in my survivor pool, which I'm part of with... Um, it's a, it's a game that Checkers is putting on. Uh, it started from the very first round. All you have to do is pick somebody in the top 10 to to be in the top 10 for the 450 class and but you can't pick the same guy twice so that being said we are this was round seven so uh i think i've i i haven't i haven't been wrong yet uh i've picked a few guys that like are likely to not be in the top 10 later on i think i took i took ferrandis before he was out i took uh, Cian Cerullo before his injury, I took Craig the year, the week that he had his first, um, uh, first one. So, uh, yeah, I dodged a few bullets, not picking guys like, uh, Malcolm Stewart early in the year. Um, so I'm still going on hard on that. And the top prize is like $2,000. So knock on wood that I'll be able to keep that going. All right, let's move straight into talking about the 250 class. Um, and l- let's just go straight into the, the results. What the, what's crazy about this is for the second time as many Triple Crowns, the guy who ended up winning the overall didn't win a race. Now, so I call the Triple Crown motos, I call them races. I don't call them main events uh, just because a main event is singular. Um but Nate Thrasher had himself a very consistent night, and he was given a, a win for the, and for that. He ended up going 2-2-3, two, two, a very eventful evening, uh, all things considered. But he was a guy who was able to get good starts, consistently stay up front, and for the most part, stay out of trouble. He did have a couple of tip-overs, but thankfully, everybody else was doing a whole lot more tipping over. And he ended up going 2-2-3 two, two, for the overall, and now he's got himself a win, a, a third season in a row where he has a win in Supercross, that is job security when it comes to 250 Supercross, especially a year like this, where for all intents and purposes, like every like normal main event that is to be won so far, the the winner has had the last name Lawrence. And will probably that'll probably be the case throughout the rest of the season. Like maybe Hunter drops a couple throughout this series. I don't see Jet losing any on the other coast. And actually when they come together, I see Jet being able to beat his brother. I wouldn't say easily, but I see him beating his brother. Let's just say that. So the night started off right off the hop with Jet Hunter Lawrence coming out, getting that first to the finish line. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much. I picked him in fantasy for that quick, uh, quick 15 points for me. That was awesome. He ends up backing that up with a third and then a six. So his night actually got progressively worse throughout the, throughout the night. And of course the very last one, he ends up on the ground and it's actually amazing. He was able to come back to as far back as he was able to, because having been down that, that early in the race, uh, they were basically just showing, uh, him and Max Anstey for the first like lap and a half, uh, which I'm sure 
the leader at the time, which I think was, I think it was Thrasher, uh, or maybe it was Jordan Smith, um, must have been like just like kind of losing their mind that like they're not getting any uh, any time. But honestly, like these guys. The, the the story around the series has seriously been the Lawrences. So if you pulled away from there, like for, for every person that was uh, like uh, yelling about not being able to see the lead, there would have been equal amount of people yelling that you like what, what's going on back there with Hunter and uh, Anstey. Maybe not as many Anstey fans out there than there are Hunter Lawrence fans, but even still, uh, I wasn't surprised to see them basically just hone in on the factory HRC rider. So uh, aside from Nate Thrasher, uh, Star Racing Yamaha actually had a pretty decent we- uh, evening, all things considered, including uh, having their the they had the the futures. Uh, Daxton Bennett goes out there and absolutely smokes everyone. He ended up winning by almost eight seconds, and it was not even a race. The actually the the wildest part of that whole race was at the very beginning. There was a, a Suzuki uh, rider. I think it was was it Yancer. Uh, he ends up going basically just like hanging a left in the middle of the, or the hanging a right in the middle of the straightaway, uh, in order to set himself up, cut off a bunch of people. And, uh, then he himself, uh, on the next straightaway ends up putting in the tough blocks and he ended up, I think 16th or 17th, but yeah, it was Daxon Benick and then it was everybody else. In fact, I think we're having Daxon on the show tomorrow in order for us to sort of unpack some things and talk about uh, him possibly turning pro. Uh, when the series goes outdoors. Um, it, this was actually a pretty wild uh, weekend for Star Racing Yamaha as far as the results go, as um, like having Nate Thrasher and Jordan Smith, that, like that's what you'd expect um, this season, at least those guys being in or around the podium, and to have uh, a guy like Hayden Deegan out there pass about the eighth spot, like that's that's almost, that's that would still be a good race for a rookie, like, like Tom V. Allen is up fourth, but like, honestly, like that's still a really good ride for, for a kid who like had like throughout the night, uh, had some, some good, good moments, some bad moments. Obviously he has that one moment in the whoops where honestly hats off to the kid for keeping it somewhat on two wheels. Like there was a couple of moments in throughout that crash where he really could have gotten out of shape, grabbed, grabbed a handful of throttle and things gone really, really, really badly. And for the most part, he just sort of like kissed the ground and and just sort of like laid it down rather than uh, actually just going ass over tea kettle, which I, I was really impressed with. Uh, he ends up 15th in the first round, uh, first race, and from there you're just playing catch up. Like uh, he gets five four to start off the finish off the weekend, uh, but that's still only good enough for eighth, just because the rest of the guys around him were all, basically all in the single digits. In fact, inside the top ten, there were only three guys who had a finish outside the top 10 and that was uh chance hymas who ended up 10th uh he ended up he went 9 7 16 uh for 10th overall and then uh you have jeremy martin who ended up going 6 12 1 for about as wild a night as you can possibly have basically uh one one race where he was basically like not even thought of one was that was absolutely brutal and then a win uh and like i think he's probably he was probably looking around at the end of that race thinking to himself like he couldn't believe that he actually won that one uh like just so much chaos going on uh the last round you have uh like the the last main event you have nate thrasher going down uh jordan smith just piling into the back of him uh that was 
like I wouldn't I'm not gonna say that was funny because that like that's that's like it's not ideal whatsoever. Uh it's it was just like so two fifty class of guys just sort of like having having issues. Um and it's that's the growing pains of Supercross, really. It's guys who um are, are really young in their craft and are are still pushing the limits. Like they're getting they're settling into the pace that they're gonna have later on in their career and be really, really comfortable there. Uh, like a guy like Eli Tomac, like a Ken Roxon, who like they've even settled into a pace that's faster than what these guys can do. Uh, but they're even more comfortable going there. And uh, that's why they don't make the same amount of mistakes and stuff like that. So uh, it was pretty, it was really entertaining to watch. Like I said, we didn't have a sink, the same winner twice. In fact, uh, the podium was kind of all over the place. Uh, the only guy to be on the podium all three times was Thrasher. And that's really why he ended up winning. Like Jordan Smith ends up going four, one, five. Uh, and he had a couple of soil samples. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about him, like having like crashes here and there. Um, and it's warranted. He, he does go down probably more often than he should. And he, I'm sure he knows that that's not like news to him whatsoever, but, uh, all in all, uh, Jordan Smith, good on him for getting himself a, uh, a, a, a third or a second rather, uh, overall. But the really unfortunate part about his championship so far is that it's, it's not all but done, but it sort of is. He's right now. He's back by nineteen point or twenty one points, which the second round when he got in, when he got himself an eighth, like that really hurts your championship um, contending, like being a contender for this championship when you hang an eight on the board. And like, and same goes for Michael Mosman. He is gone now. Um, Michael Mosman is sitting eighth in points going uh he must have gone six eight eight is that what it is Let's see here yeah no six seven seven six seven seven is uh like as absolutely like but ugly as a start to his season i don't know if he's dealing with a serious injury something that like we're not expecting but to have him outside the top five and not really nipping at the heels of the top five in any of those rounds is really, really surprising to see. Like he himself now, uh, looking at the result or the the point standings, he now finds himself over thirty points down. Um, and or is that thirty points? No, I just almost 25, 26 points down, twenty twenty four points down. He's for all intents and purposes out of it like that's a full race uh he needs everyone in front of him to to give him uh a ton of space um it it looks to be like the top three guys have sort of um like gapped themselves out or or removed themselves from the rest of the pack here uh you've got uh, nate thrasher who now has uh has four points up on deegan deegan's now back to fourth fourth in points uh but the rest of them not not like not totally spread out, but Hunter Lawrence is one of the only guys who's been on the PZ is the only guy that's been on the podium all three rounds so far. And that's why he carries an 11 point lead after three rounds. Uh, really impressed with him so far, by the way, just good riding, uh, really mature. Um, we got to talk about that. Uh, the Nate Thrasher uh, kind of moving over. I don't think that was an intentional moving over on Hunter Lawrence. In fact, I, at least I didn't see it that way. Um, I think that was uh, a bit of a cross rut from Nate. I think uh, like 
that over under bridge was a little bit awkward in, in general. I didn't think that that was uh, it's not, not my favorite way of having that feature. It looked like a few guys had some issues there. Uh, whether you were going single over the over the like basically doubling into it or going single roll uh, and then jumping it. Um, honestly, the the over under bridge when they're having to turn down it, like when they're having to use it as a turn. Often there you have a lot of issues with that because the dirt that gets on there is so polished from guys hitting it over and over and over and over again. Uh, it's really easy to let the front end slide or have the back end slider out from out from out from under you, like Eli Tomac had. So uh, that was uh, that was a bummer to see him have that issue. But uh, yeah, like all in all, the 250 class is pretty wild. Like honestly, these results in the back half of the top 20 are all over the place. Hardy Munoz ends up in the first main, goes ass over tea kettle, gets absolutely punished by Michael Hicks, like smoked by Michael Hicks. Um, it was really, really difficult to see that. Uh, looked like both guys were in a serious amount of pain. Uh, Hicks ends up uh, having Munoz basically like in his back tire. Uh, there was another guy who went down in that same uh, same group. I think if, if it wasn't Colin Park, I think it might have been Cody Shock that was tied up in that as well. Um... Jeremy Hand had actually a very, very good weekend, uh, and, sa- and so did Talon Hawkins. Hawkins with a 13-15-11, just a solid, very workmanlike rookie performance, 13th, nothing to sneeze at. He is progressing really, really well. I, I, I have, like, I'm very impressed with, uh, with what I've seen from Talon Hawkins. With his best finishes of the year so far, in all the chaos... There was but one guy who was steady like a rock. Michael Blos ended up getting ninth overall with an 8-8-8. Eight, eight, eight. And of course, you get all 8s and you get knocked out of the top 8 by just by not being able to have that one result that would have uh, brought you just that much closer. He ends up ninth overall, but his first top 10 of the year, uh, he's a full-on fill-in. Uh, had been basically retired rolling into this weekend and good for him for hanging out, uh, going out there, riding with the kids, receiving his first ever factory ride, uh, at the age of, I think he's, he's gotta be around my age. He's, I think he's 34, 35. Um, great to see him out there doing his thing. Uh, like I already kind of touched on, uh, um, Hayden Deegan. Let's finish off the rookies with Tom Vial. Uh, Vial's been solid. Like, if not for the ninth place in the second round, in the second moto, uh, or a second race, he would have definitely been, I think he would have been on the podium. He must have, he yeah, for sure would have been on the podium. Uh, because he was, how many points was he back? Say five, nine, so that's 14 and two. Uh, he, like, he actually was quite the separator between him and Lawrence. But either way, had he had a much better uh, finish in that round, he would have at least been in contention for a podium. But honestly, a fourth place is great. Like, uh, for a, for a, a European guy, having not a lot of Supercross uh, time, Tom Vial getting himself a fourth place. And he's uh, he's still very much, I wouldn't say in this championship, but he's, he's contesting. He's doing his thing. He's seventh in points right now, tied with Jordan Smith. Uh, like I said, Jordan Smith has really uh, done himself in by by being that far back on that second round. Um, it's a little bit different for a guy like Jeremy Martin, who has gone, uh, it looks like he's gone about, f- he's gone five, five, four, looks like, or five, five, six. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, like, that's just consistently being a little bit too far off the pace. He's, he's now 20 points back. 
20 points after three rounds with seven to go. Yeah, he could get it back, but he'd have to start winning and he'd probably need some help on top of that. Is it impossible? No. Is it likely? Very no. Um, so, yeah, like it's 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 getting to be that way for the 250 class. Uh, great to see Luke Neeson there. AJ Catanzaro putting on a clinic out there for some boys with the right elbow placement and all that fun stuff. Uh, good to see him getting into some mains too. Like he seems to be in as, as good a shape as he's ever been uh, to race these races uh, for a guy who I think him and I are around the same age. So uh, I think he turned pro on a carbureted motorcycle. So I got a respect for that. He ends up going 18, 21, 20 or 18, 21, 19, four points on the night. He's uh, brought to you by Moto Academy and Honda. That is pretty cool that he's basically a sole proprietorship that just um, helps himself going to the races. All right, let's talk about some 450 class LCQ guys who like just on the outside looking in, there were definitely some guys who missed out of being able to see them in the, the night show. Uh, it always kind of, it, it does, it bums me out that we don't get to see some of these guys compete uh, when it comes to the, the triple crown events, because uh, these guys like their, their bread and butter is getting into the main event or getting into the heat races uh, and the LCQs entertaining the fans, getting that extra screen time. Uh, guys like Cade Clayson, guys like uh, Jared Lesher on the two-stroke, the YZ250. Uh, he's obviously, his uh, his title sponsor is FMF. Uh, he's also a fly athlete. He's looking good out there. Um, but yeah, your usual suspects were sort of, uh, were in this race. Chase Marquier got fifth in the LCQ for like the 10,000th time this week this year uh it seems to be his spot i think that's why he's currently leading the uh the privateer uh uh race points uh, on problem x there uh mason kerr was out there doing his thing uh scotty winterstrom actually that's actually a decent ride for scotty winterstrom being uh, top 13 in the the 450 lcq uh and same thing uh, for uh frederick noren and john short really bummed to see those guys not be able to put it into the main event uh the, the main the heat lcq was won by kyle chisholm i wish they would at least show this race on the night show that would be probably a lot more entertaining for the fans to at least see the shenanigans that goes on with that and shout out to caden amarine who uh ended up putting it in uh, sixth place in the LCQ on a 250F. In fact, there was three, if I'm not mistaken, three 250Fs in this race. Uh, one of them was Hunter Slosser, and uh, the rider. It doesn't. It doesn't look like he started the race because uh, he, he was dead last. I'm sure he would have done. I uh, was only one lap down. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he only did the one lap. Was uh, Julian Benick uh, from Mission BC, number 500 on the PRMX. Uh, parts Zilla Kawasaki, uh, brought to you by OG's Optics. Uh, all right, so let's move straight into the results from this round. Cooper Webb, like all Cooper Webb does is just prove me wrong. I, I don't know if he's if he's been listening to the show and he gets some extra motivation from me counting him out. Although I think I I mentioned it a couple weeks ago that I am officially done doing that. I will not be counting him out ever again. Uh, he ends up going 5-2-1, just a steady workmanlike uh, performance, ends up with the win, wins by only one one point uh, in the overalls, but he gets the three-point bonus for winning the overall, he 26 points on the night, 23 points goes to Chase Sexton. Uh, Cooper is now only, if I'm not mistaken, that was five points, two points back in the championship hunt 
uh, as we are damn close to, I guess we're, we're not, uh, it's, we're getting close to the halfway point. Let's just say that. And heading into Daytona, obviously a racetrack that, that Cooper Webb or Eli Tomac does really, really well at, but nothing in, is guaranteed in Supercross. That is for damn sure. Uh, I don't know if this one totally counts. Uh, you guys can let me know uh, if, it, if you think it does. Chase Sexton leading the last race, had a chance to win the overall. Had he not gone down, or I guess he wasn't, that wasn't when he went down. He went down earlier when he was uh, chasing down Eli Tomac. Tomac ends up going down later. Um, but mixing up with some lapped riders, it was I believe it was Grant Harlan he was trying to get around. Uh, Cooper was just a little bit more opportunistic about going around chase and then chase wasn't able to get him back it was that late in the race that he wasn't going to make something happen and chase ends up relinquishing the lead getting himself a a second place for i believe that's the third weekend in a row uh and that's yeah that that's gotta that's gotta sting a little bit to be completely honest uh not really where he wants to be um could have made up five points in the championship hunt ends up making up two points in the championship hunt and Eli Tomac rounds out your podium. He goes one, four, six, um, basically the exact opposite of a trending night for Eli Tomac was Cooper Webb who ended up taking the victory. Like he looked strong. He looked very, very fluid out there, uh, moving around with the bike. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Cooper Webb. Um, just, Good starts. He had speed. He was steady, and uh, we're starting to see more and more of that uh, sort of swagger that Cooper Webb has when things are rolling his way. Now he's got two wins on the year. Um, Tomac still has four, but uh, I, I colored me as surprised to see that Cooper Webb now has two wins uh, and was the first to get two wins aside from uh, Eli Tomac. Obviously, uh, would have for sure thought that K- Chase would have gotten there already, but of course, uh, like anyone would say that honestly, because he's now been in a position to win the last three races in a row four if you conclude uh basically being right on the tail section of eli tomac during the houston round and basically just getting raced away from fourth place to jason anderson he ends up taking a win in one of these races which he won i believe it was the second uh second race of the night as well at the the first triple crown so he clearly he likes the triple crown format he ends up uh just outside the podium um yeah, like that eighth place really hurt uh, Jason. Had he been able to to be, be a little bit more in contention in that first race, he's probably a podium guy uh, for this. Like say if he would have went 5-1-3, five, five, he's third overall, not fourth. Uh, and rounding out your top five on a kickstart kick Suzuki, Ken Roxon. Like, like just when you count the guy out, honestly, great ride. Like, was it the best ride that I've ever seen from, from Kenny? No, and I don't think we're ever going to see another greatest ride from Kenny ever. I, I think, honestly, I think that ride is probably behind him. And to be honest, that's totally okay. Um, he's been racing in this class for a long, long time. I believe next year is his 10-year anniversary of racing in this class. Um, you don't, I don't, can't think of a single guy who uh, has his best days past his ninth year in the class. Uh, that would be pretty much unheard of. Um maybe outside of like a, a Mike LaRocco, but you would I wouldn't even say Mike LaRocco had his best years outside of that. Like he was still relevant and won a race, I believe in 2004 or five, I believe that was Indianapolis, but even either way, um, yeah, like for all the guys who like people who crap on the Suzuki, uh, fifth overall, uh, on the night 
and in points, he's also fifth. He is one point ahead of Aaron Plessinger and made up some points on Plessinger this last weekend. So, uh, yeah, he's he's doing just fine. In fact, I think for this week, this weekend he would have... Um, well, they must have been tied, and now uh, he's one point up. So there you go. Uh, now finding himself in the top 10 points is Christian Craig, obviously uh, benefiting from not having uh, Adam Cienzarulo out there. Adam uh, received eight points for the previous round, and then he ended up having to miss this round due to a wrist injury, and that is a huge bummer. Uh, I'm a fan of Adam. I like to see him race. I like to see him go. I think he's a great rider. Um, I think he has the potential to to win races, and I, I like. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen it since the Monster Cup in 2019. Like uh, his his rookie year on a 450, uh, he ends up getting hurt, uh, going over the bars in a whoop section. Uh, he ends up getting, I think that was a collarbone. Gets that fixed, uh, ends up coming out for outdoors, uh, and then I think he ended up doing a knee, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which was a huge bummer. And he's yeah, his entire 450 career has been absolutely mired in injury. Um, the whole talk, the, the whole year so far, we've been beating it to death. Has been trying to get 17 rounds in, and that's officially over after the first six. Um, it's his season's not done, but he's not going to get 17 rounds in this year, obviously. Uh, with missing this last weekend, uh, you know he's got to be pretty bummed about that. But health comes first when it comes to all these guys, not just Adam C and Cirolo. Uh Good ride, decent ride, decent evening for uh, Plessinger. Uh, honestly, these triple crowns. The one thing, another thing you can sort of knock the triple crowns on is that you're not gonna get a lot of coverage for the 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 placings between like say sixth on backward like you actually might see a few like like the guys who enter at the back of the pack might get a little bit more screen time than even say guys who are in seven eight nine and ten just because they're not on the screen whatsoever uh and that's just uh produced by the fact that the races are short all of the attentions at the front so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if you didn't really see much of justin barsha uh he ends up going four seven seven uh just to finish just ahead of Christian Craig, who had a very consistent night, he goes uh, seven eight eight, um, and uh, and an eighth overall. Uh, another step in the right direction. At least he's in the top ten again. Uh, he seems to be building a little bit and feeling more and more comfortable. And that is to be expected from someone who's on a, a brand new motorcycle for the first time uh, this year. And um, clip this audio right now. If uh, if in a year from now. Uh, even though Chase Sexton, I'm sure he's going to be even better next year than he is this year. Um, in, in a lot of respects, I also still think that he'll uh, he'll battle that uh, bike a little bit. And not because it's bad, but because it's new to him. He's been on a Honda for ever since he was on Yamaha's back on uh, amateur days. So what is that, six years? Like he's ridden nothing but a Honda chassis, a Honda cockpit, a Honda uh, sus- like the suspension systems and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah, would not be surprised to see him have some struggles or at least be, uh, be be fighting the bike a little bit, just getting used to a completely different platform than he's currently used to. Another good rookie ride from Justin Cooper. Um, forever will perplex me as to why he's not just racing all of them. Uh, but again, that's a point that's been, uh, like beaten like a dead horse, um, or, or beaten, beating a dead horse. Yes. Beating a dead horse on that one and, uh, getting the language of English, uh, all mixed up all at the same time. 
finishing just at the very end of the top 10, Justin Hill. Honestly, I did not expect this guy to get any top 10s this year. Was he is he capable of it? Absolutely. But the fact that he he's clearly like he, he, the endurance is there to a point. Like I don't think he has um outdoor endurance in him, but Supercross is different. If you have the skill set of a Justin Hill who honestly his top end skill set is to be up there with the Ken Rocks and uh Jason Anderson Cooper Webb's the world. Like he actually has that speed, believe it or not. The the skill set is 100% there. Um, but obviously rust and time off and fitness all sort of add together for for him to not really be able to go all of that pace all of the time, but what he can do is go pretty fast for the entirety of those Triple Crown races, and that's why he ended up 10th overall in this race. I, I think that's a great uh, ride from him. Uh, I think that's the best finish that uh, Team Tedder has had since they had uh, Marty back in the day. So uh, good on him for being able to do that. In fact, I wish I would have picked him for uh, that Eliminator pool. I would have been biting my fingernails the entire evening when he went 10-11-10 for uh, 10th overall. But yeah, just a great ride, and he would have been an unbelievable pick to, to kind of stay in there and like, the, the way that uh, Survivor Pool works is without being able to pick the same guy twice, eventually you're going to get down to, like, you have to pick Tomac. You have to pick, um, like, Sexton. You have to pick Webb. I haven't picked any of those guys. The only guy that's anywhere near the front right now that I've picked so far is Jason Anderson. Uh, I think I've pl- picked Plessinger. This last weekend I took Barsha. I don't I think I've taken Craig. Uh, I think my next move will be to uh, to take uh, Justin Cooper on a week on a week that he's racing. It's going to keep myself alive that way. But anyway, um, another good ride, and I'll say a good ride because I I do think that he has more in the tank is uh, Dean Wilson. I also know that he's dealing with a little bit of a knee issue, uh, not necessarily a uh, knee injury, but apparently there's a like some sort of medical issue that he's dealing with in a knee, um, possibly some swelling around that as well. Um, honestly, like a, a, another good ride from Benny Bloss, like Benny Bloss has been, uh, qualifying really well, putting himself in good positions and riding almost as good as we used to saw, see him on uh, a KTM, uh, back when he was with the rock, uh, the Rocky mountain ATV MC guys, like this, this is the Benny Bloss that was as advertised running, uh, a number in the, like low thirties. Like this is, this is a great Benny Bloss that's, that's coming out here and doing well. I think that, uh, if he's able to keep this momentum going, uh, he, he does his best work outdoors. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see him sort of, uh, be crescendoing up to that. Um, a good ride from Justin or Josh Hill. There's, there's, uh, Jew Hill and Joe Hill that are racing every weekend. Uh, the seven, one or the seven five one uh, looks great on the bike, and uh, yeah, good to see him out there doing his thing. Honestly, I was really impressed. Um, was really bummed to see Joey Savacci go down. Uh, looked like he had an issue, and it either looked like a shoulder or a wrist. And uh, I haven't checked Twitter to see if there's any updates on that. Uh, Joey might uh, might have let everybody know his condition, but I have not seen it. And uh, rounding out the whole whole series, for, and actually, I was surprised to see him get into a main event or the the only the first race he's made it into the mains or the races for the evening uh, was Logan Carnow. Carnow ends up going twenty one twenty twenty one, so he was he was uh, closer closer to the back uh, all night, but he made it into the uh, to the night 
the night program, made into the main for the first time all year. And for that, he deserves a round of applause because it's not easy to do so whatsoever. And uh, yeah, just uh, like the the OnlyFans, O'Neal, uh, Rabbit Savior, uh, Kawasaki of Logan Carnow into the night, into the into the evening show, and raced all the races. Uh, 22, 22nd overall, and uh, yeah, at least he made it in there, and uh, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I, I don't know if I expect him to make the main in Daytona. But you know what? I've been surprised by him before, so uh, we shall see. All right, guys, a quick little look at the po- the points before we uh, say goodnight for a Sunday evening. Um, Eli Tomac now has a two-point lead over Cooper Webb. Uh, he, st- he still remains on the podium all but two rounds. Uh, he's been really, really solid. Uh, Cooper Webb, again, he's been on the podium all but two rounds. In fact, they were on back-to-back weekends. Uh, otherwise, he has been really strong, like a, a pair of a pair of seconds to start off the year, then just off the podium with a fourth and a fifth, and then he ends up uh, winning Tampa second at. Um, he isn't even has he he has not even finished. Oh, he is. Yeah, he does. He does not have a third place finish so far. He's either been first or second, or just off the podium. Uh, so awesome for him! Like I think he's he's doing extremely well. I I can't say enough good things about Cooper Webb right now. Uh, he seems to be in good spirits. He seems to be uh, moving in the right direction as far as his fitness is is considered. And like I said, the confidence that he has on the bike is a very dangerous thing for for guys like Chase Sexton, Jason Anderson, and Ken Roxon. Uh, still five points back in the championship hunt is Chase Sexton. I honestly think if I if I'm like throwing odds out here on a Sunday night of who has the who who poses the biggest threat to Eli Tomac on this weekend um, in Daytona, I would say that it's Chase. I think um, outdoors is more his bag than Supercross at this point. Although he's had a propensity to hit the ground in both. Um, which is basically the reason why he's he's come up short in a couple of championships, but it is what it is. Uh, he's still a young guy in this in this race or in this series, uh, in this class. Um, take, it's taken a few guys more than a few years to, uh, to to get back on top. If you if you take out Ryan Dungey's rookie year win, it then took him four years to get back on top and be dominant, and then he went on went ahead and won three of his own. So. Wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Chase take some time uh, and assert himself. But then again, there's this other guy coming named Jet Lawrence who is definitely going to have something to say about it. Rounding out your top 10, he's still in the top 10. Uh, this list, this last weekend, uh, not his best round, uh, was uh, Colt Nichols. Uh, he's actually been trending in the wrong direction so far this year, unfortunately. He had a really hot start, and then it's been... Um, kind of back and forth in and out outside the top 10. He's outside the top 10 this weekend. Uh, and he is not totally in uh, danger of moving outside the top 10. Cause obviously, uh, Adam Cianciarillo is currently 11th in points. Um, and, uh, Dean Wilson would have to put some space between himself and Colt on a regular basis in order for that to happen. But, uh, Colt needs to get, uh, get his homework done, move forward and, uh, yeah, gets, get some, uh, some valuable, valuable points as these races go on. Uh, the, the, there's a, a few really tight battles so far though, in the championship, 
uh, battle for fifth in points, Aaron Plessinger and uh, Ken Roxon. I think that's that would be a huge bargaining chip for Aaron Plessinger to be a top five guy in the championship. I think he will get there before the end of the year. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he actually ends up moving even closer to Jason Anderson by the end of the year. Uh, but there seems to be a real... Uh, there's now a big um, separator between the top three and everybody else. Um, Chase Sexton is on 155 points. Fourth place now is 130, a full race back. Jason Anderson is now 30 points down uh, after seven rounds. He would need a huge amount of help even just to get back into fighting for this championship. Uh, Eli Tomac could sit out an entire week and he would still have, and, and J- if Jason Anderson won, he would still have a four point gap on Jason. In fact, uh, if this, like, if all three of those guys um, missed a round and Jason won, uh, he would still not be second in points, uh, which is actually kind of crazy to think of. Uh, so that just goes to show how how good those guys have been this early in the season. Uh, obviously, if that's if that's to continue over the next few rounds, uh, that thirty points will balloon to. Uh, and it, the biggest reason why he's so far back is that you have all three of these guys who are consistently up at the front. They're always in the 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 twenty plus points per night uh range in fact i if i think if you add it up like every single one of those guys is averaging probably 22 to 23 points per night um which is yeah that, that that's just a, a recipe for for winning winning championships and uh and jason anderson has only had uh two two weekends where he's been over 20 points for that particular weekend and uh, that's just, like it's the the eighth wonder of the world. It's compounding interest. That that's every single weekend. You're moving further and further away from those guys, and they're moving further and further away from you. So, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if by like uh, Seattle, Glendale, uh, he's looking at 50, 50 plus points back um, because he's not just losing points to Eli Tomac every weekend. He's losing points to Cooper Webb and Jason Anderson or J- uh, Chase Sexton um, basically every single weekend, aside from one or two here and there. Um, but yeah. All right, guys. Well, I uh, really appreciate the time. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you made it all this way, uh, to the very end, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Please support my sponsors. Um, whether it's Luxon MX or race tech, uh, WSA Fox racing, Canada, SKDA graphics, um, W WSA as well as guts racing. You can save with guts racing. Uh, big MX 20 is the, is the, um, is the code for that uh save some money with my sponsors and uh yeah get uh, get some more time out there on the bike uh as well as you can go to on on my instagram um profile as well as my t- twitter fo- profile you can go to my link tree and find big mx media radio merch if you want to buy a t-shirt I get a slice of every single purchase that is made on that website. Would really appreciate if you guys would take the time to, uh, yeah, if you're interested, get yourself some Big MX Radio merch. That uh, that also that helps me out financially as well as when you're at the track and you're sporting the merch. People might ask, "What the hell is Big MX Radio?" And you can tell them that it's this kind of it's this kind of awesome podcast that uh, comes out multiple times a week, and they talk about dirt bikes. And sometimes they have some really cool guests on, like Daxton Bennick that we're gonna have later on this week. All right, guys, you guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, have a great week. And as, as like always, thanks for listening.